The Bully Girl Magazine podcast is your dog-eared audio destination, bookmarking the most compelling tales and insights from the vast canine universe. While we passionately dive in the world of bully breeds, dispelling myths, offering training tips, and discussing breed standards, our scope isn't limited. We cast our net wide to encompass a diverse range of dog breeds, ensuring no tale is left untold. Enhanced by expert interviews and inspiring stories, this podcast is a beacon for responsible ownership and breed education. It's where bully breed enthusiasts meet the broader dog-loving community, fostering unity, understanding, and share joy in every bark and wag. So whether you're out walking your dog or listening at home, enjoy the show and keep coming back. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. So glad you are listening or watching the Bully Girl Magazine podcast. Joining us today are Brian and Samantha Kendrick, along with their fantastic daughter, Allie, from Kingdom Bullies, which stands as a testament to Brian's lifelong passion. Welcome all of you beautiful people to the Bully Girl Magazine podcast. Hi. Oh, it's so great to have you on. All right, so I always ask each guest the same two questions. Now, we're going to, Brian, I'm going to start with you. And it is, and you can choose any of your dogs. And then I'll ask Samantha and then Allie. Does your dog do something funny, quirky, or different that makes you smile? All kinds of things. Well, I could tell <laughs> you that that Toro, for one, is a compulsive, almost uncomfortable sniffer. Um, it's, oh. it's almost like, I don't know if it's a nervous habit or if it's the way he shows affection, but I've had to finally just come to terms with it. And I accept <laughs> that he's going to sniff me compulsively. Um, and I have to admit, I sniff him back. <laughs> Does that make me weird? No. <laughs> I love that. All right, Samantha, how about you? Compulsive liquor. Um, mm. I, you know, it kind of takes me back. I The first bully that we had that kind of brought all this you know kind of into this um he would just he would lick you like he was he was you know leonard leonard the liquor that's what we called him oh <laughs> oh that's cute and Allie, for you is there one of your dogs that I, really I stands like, out i oh, feel like ahead. i need to say before we move on sure i didn't i didn't lick leonard back <laughs> <laughs> that's good to know well um mom's german shepherd cara um she thrashes we have a wooden swing in the backyard with a rope and she thrashes it back and forth back and forth and she won't stop and it's so funny oh that is really funny you know my dog blue who i know i talk a lot about my pit bull blue he's a licker like leonard and he loves to lick children the problem is blue also likes to eat his brother lab's poop so the other day i had a friend over he has a three-year-old and a five-year-old and i I don't know how he got the poop, but he got it. And the whole day, it's just constantly like, stop licking, stop licking, don't wash your kid's hand, run and get his face. No, you know? it's like, I'm sorry, my dog is too affectionate. I don't know what to tell you. All right. Now, yeah. the second question, Brian, let's start with you is, it's two parts, actually. When did your love of dogs begin? And then when did your love of bully breeds in particular begin? Okay. Now, this this story, I mean, I like to tell it. It's a big part of who we are, but it, it does get a little sad, so... There's some trauma into this for me. Oh, when I was a okay. little kid, um, every year I would ask for the same thing for Christmas. Every year I would ask for a puppy. And ne mm -hmm. there was only two times throughout my childhood. And God bless my father. He likes the idea of a dog, but he doesn't have the patience right. for one. Uh, I never got a dog for Christmas. Uh, Christmas wasn't a very happy time in my household. Uh, oftentimes I remember waking up and going into the bathroom after, after everybody exchanged their gifts and crying as a little kid, as, just to give you a little premise, uh, I had a pretty traumatic childhood. I remember having two dogs throughout my entire childhood. One, uh, I come home from school one day as a little Scottish terrier named Ozzy. Uh, 
they they got rid of him while I was gone. Uh, see, because the dogs would have some kind of behavior that would irritate my dad to the point where he would just be done. And I remember coming home from school and my dog was gone. You know, mom's like, yeah, he's gone. And the the other dog, I don't know for sure, but I know he was a compulsive digger and it drove my dad insane. And And there's, I can't say this for a fact, but I believe that dog died. To, I'll just put it that way. So I I buried this, oh and and I've got a pretty crazy story. Um, I lived a pretty crazy life. Went out into the streets, drugs, and all that comes with it. In and out of jail. Um, I had pit bulls throughout my twenties, but I didn't have a stable enough life to keep them. I would get them, um, but I was always moving and running, and half the time I was sleeping on couches, and it, something always happened where I couldn't keep the dog. Now right. fast forward, fast forward. You know, 20 years later, I'm revealing how old I am, but um, obviously I cleaned my act up, uh, got into recovery, got clean off the drugs and alcohol, and and I buried that stuff. I buried that stuff for the majority of my adult life. Uh, I can't even explain how or why, but when I got with my beautiful wife here, Samantha, she had what I thought was the biggest dang pit bull I ever seen in my life. <laughs> the head, 20, yeah. 25 inch head, just huge. And the temperament, he was nothing but love. I watched the kids pulling on his ears and riding around on him. And you just, he didn't have a mean bone in his body. The absolute perfect temperament. And of course, I started asking questions and, and she told me that he was a bully. And I started doing research and and kind of that's kind of where the dream started. I I started telling my wife if we ever get to buy a home, I think I'd like to breed these things. And then, you know, three three years ago, we was finally able to buy our first house, and we was blessed to have about I think nine thousand, a little over nine thousand dollars left over. And I went and got our first bully. Oh. And I I think uh, there's a lot that's happened since then, but you could tell I'm still obsessive compulsive. Like <laughs> when I got that first boy bully. He brought back a joy almost to where I felt like a little kid. Mm. And I, I work in healthcare. That's what I do now. I help other drug addicts and alcoholics get clean off it. Um, and I've been doing working in human service for six years, nonstop, 24-7, dealing with families in crisis and all the things that come with that. And I was going through what they call massive burnout. Mm. I got to a place where I was helping everybody else, but I didn't know what self-care looked like. Right. Um, I was actually running groups on self-care and I got to where I just didn't have a hobby. All I did was work and help other people. And you get to where you almost feel like you don't feel anything. And then I went and got this $9,000 lilac trimural bully and it woke something up in me from my childhood. That's when I remembered about the Christmases. I forgot all about it. Yeah, I started working common. with that dog. And I tell people that these dogs saved me. It's it's something spiritual for me. It's way more. I still work in treatment. I still help people. But these dogs, these dogs, it doesn't matter if it's scoop and poop or all because it's work. All the oh, stuff yeah. that comes along with it. I love every second of it. I don't I don't ever regret it. It's therapeutic for me. There's something magical and majestic. And and I've kind of decided I want to develop my life to where it's all about providing other people with that love, that, that connection, because I know what what a difference a pet can make in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, what's interesting about the trauma. I know so many people who have super traumatic things happen when they're children and they don't remember them until maybe their twenties or their thirties, something sparks it. So that's, you know, that I'm not surprised to hear that, but I'm so glad that this love of dogs and what you're doing is, is helping you heal. It's really beautiful. 
You want to know? Samantha, how about? Oh, go ahead. One more piece to the puzzle. Sure. Is is, is the company that I'm I'm with. I'm a founding member. We have five treatment centers in five states. I have a pretty active presence in one. And what I do with our puppies, I've done it with every one of them. I take them into the treatment center to visit the clients. It's a win-win because the dogs get socialized as soon as they're as soon as they get their last shots. I start taking them to the treatment center. And watching the expression on the client's face, the room lights up. You know, I used to be pretty cool until I started bringing dogs. Now, if I show up without a dog, they're like, where's the dog, Brian? Where's the dog? <laughs> of course. <laughs> You're awesome, but come on now. My dogs are great. And Samantha, how about for you? When did your love of dogs begin? And then bully breeds in particular. Yeah. Um, I We've always had dogs. I don't, I don't know that. I guess I don't necessarily know that I remember parts of my childhood that we didn't have a dog. Um, so we had a family Rottweiler, uh, Rocky, and, um, you know, that was a crazy, crazy turn of events how we got in. We had this little, you know, mixed breed puppy that got out in the road and some guy hit it. And, um, and you know, he was pretty tore up about it. Everybody was sad. And then a couple of days later, he shows up at her house and uh, has my mom come out to the to the van and he opens the van door and there's like these two grown you know fully grown rottweilers and my mom's like oh, dude i don't i don't want you rottweiler and right. uh and out comes this puppy so um he had had a litter of puppies and he had you know blessed us with one and, and so i we had probably got him when i was eight or nine or something um and he lived i don't know 10 years or something and and i don't know so we just i guess we just always had dogs um the bullies and, and large breed. I, we've just always, you know, my mom had a Yorkie one time. I'm just not a small dog person, right? So, yeah, me neither. <laughs> um, so give me the big guys. And, um, and so the bullies, you know, we got, I got Leonard and I, I didn't want the dog, honestly. Um, I was, I do, I just wasn't in a space to really, to really have them. Um, but you know, someone that I, that I know that I care about also wasn't in the right place to have him. And so she, she had him and was needing a place for him to stay. And so I was like, yeah, I'll watch your dog for a little while. Um, and then, you know, we got, we got grown attached to him, obviously like our family. So I had this puppy and, um, and then I had Leonard and, and then I was like, well, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't give you your dog back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we fell in love with him. So uh, his name was Axel. We changed it to Leonard, and um, that's how that's how the bully started. Uh, he was, you know, I'd owned some pits, you know, throughout my younger days, and you know, they were they were pretty crazy. I mean, I like pits. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, but I had a red nose that just destroyed everything. She was she was <laughs> crazy, and um, you know, I've always liked them. Leonard was was just different. Like his temperament was just more more chill and, um, all around just a really good dog. And so then, you know, and then, well, you heard Brian's story. So that's, that's kind of how it finished. <laughs> oh, nice. And then Allie, what about you? When did your love of dogs begin? And then uh, bullies in particular? Uh, uh, <laughs> well, kind of goes around mom's story. Well, she, whenever we got, whenever we saw Leonard, I loved him so much. He was like, so cute and sweet. I was like, I love him so much. And I was like, I don't know how we're going to give this back to my aunt. Like, I don't know how, like he's my favorite dog. And then we got into our farmhouse and he would sleep with me every night. Cause you know, Allie, she's wussy. She's scared of the dark. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And yeah, I had an attic in my closet and I got so freaked out that something was going to come up and like, take me. And I was like, nope, mom got a lock and I got to sleep with Leonard. And I was like, I love him. I can't, I can't give him back. And I thought he was huge. I was like, I love him so much. He was huge. He was huge. I guess. He was a puppy. You wouldn't think he was going to turn out the way he did. Boys in particular. Well, we're going to. Fast forward a little bit story before whenever we got Jacks and stuff, we got detox. He was going to be my dad's dog. It was mm. close to my birthday. And I was like, you know, dad, I mean, I could take him. I mean, he could be my dog and everything. And then he get he he was my dog and I loved him so much. Um, We had a puppy named Exxon and detox. Dad taught Exxon how to speak and he would not speak for me. He would only speak for dad. And we were out front. Detox was in front of the, he was inside by the door. And we were like, Exxon, speak, speak. And Detox was in there. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I don't know. I just love them. Oh, did you, did so you tell them that since that birthday, you have got an XL American Bully puppy every single birthday since? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> You're the luckiest girl in the world. That is amazing. And they are so precious. I just have to take a moment to admire them. And they this one I got so for beautiful. Christmas. Oh, What's his, his or her name? His name's Primetime. He's Buster's time. Oh, Buster's so beautiful. Buster's, oh my gosh. Buster's name is actually Blockbuster. Buster's dad oh. was Showtime. So you've got Showtime, oh. Blockbuster, and now Primetime. <laughs> Oh, I love that. I love that. Well, let's get into some of the genetic testing and health. What do you do, Brian, there for you at Kingdom Bullies? How do you make sure you got the healthiest dogs for breeding? Look, can I pass that on to my wife? You're going to learn. There's going to be a lot of stuff that I'm, don't think for a second that she's my sidekick. I'm probably hers. Okay. <laughs> no, I thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um. Yeah. So I think when you know, when we started getting into this, I, I really wanted to take um, health testing and everything um, and take take on, you know, breeding breeding this breed uh, responsibly. And so we do embark test um, and make sure, you know, especially, you know, we want to make sure that we're not breeding any any bad traits um, or double, doubling up on anything, you know, making sure we're clear there. And then we also... Um, you know, we want to make sure that their hips, elbows and, and joints and everything like that. Um, so we're pretty, I, I'm kind of, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> no, it's good. I'd be particular. I mean, that's what we want here on the Bully Girl Magazine podcast. We yeah. end Bully Girl Magazine. We don't, we want people who are ethical, doing it right, taking care of the dogs. The more particular, the better. Yeah. It's hard to explain. Yeah, I, I think it's really important. I think it's really important. Um, and, you know, it's hard when, when, um, you know, we've had dogs that didn't pass that, you know, screening. And when you get emotionally attached to them and then you have to, you know, find them a forever home uh, because, you know, that is part of the breeding process, right? We can't keep them all. Um, yeah. And so you get attached to them and then and then they don't make the cut. And that's always hard and sad. Um, but we do make sure that we, um, you know, really put in a lot of work to make sure that we find a home that, you know, can cater to their needs and care for them and love them. Um, so we, you know, we've had to make that hard call a couple of times and that's never easy. Um, but I right. think it grows us as a kennel as well. I think that's great. I, I will. And, if I, oh, sure. Can I chime in? I, yes, I will absolutely. tell you that just last year, we're probably at about $40,000 loss. Um, 
you know, without bashing anybody or, or dropping any names, but uh, the first couple years I went out without doing a lot of education and spent lots of money. And, and through my experience, I learned the type of breeder that I do not want to be. Uh, people that you would spend a lot, thousands of dollars with, and then as soon as the money's exchanged, they disappear, and you've got all kinds of questions. Um, having buying dogs specifically for our program, and then them not making the cut for one reason or another, um, and some of that stuff's unavoidable. I'm not, I'm not saying it's all the breeder's fault, but uh, it's been a learning experience, and we we just want to provide the highest quality. Like I said, you know that spiritual experience that a dog can bring somebody. Um, I want to do everything on my part to make sure that I'm being responsible and they're getting a healthy, a healthy XL American bully that's going to last them as long as possible. Hopefully 14 years, 15 years. You know, I want these dogs to have we're we're extremely big on nutrition and and just everything we could do to give them a, a really great quality of life. Oh, that's great. Well, let's jump into nutrition. Tell us about that. Brian, if you want to address that, or Samantha. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that. I, I like it. Um, I, and it's strange. You're, you'll find the more you talk to me, I re, I relate these dogs to humans a lot. Because even though I'm not saying that dogs are like humans, there is a lot of things that they have in common. And right. I, here two years ago, I started having extreme pains in my left side. And I went through a year of testing, trying to figure out what was wrong with me. The doctors kept saying I was fine and I knew something was wrong and, and massive headaches. And just, you know, you know when something's going on with your body. And right. one of the things that I finally found out is I have something called diverticulitis. Mm. And I, when I found that out, it's little infection pockets that develop in your uh, intestines. And certain foods trigger it, activate it, and it causes pain and dizziness and all kinds of stuff. And when I started Googling it, it said disease very common in the Western world. And I knew right then that that means it has to have something to do with the food we're eating. It had something to do with my diet, Oh yeah. It, which actually turned out to be a relief because if it has to do with the food I'm eating, I could control that. I can manage that. So I cleaned up my diet and, and the pain went away. A big percentage awesome. of what's wrong with people is based on the food, the poisons and the toxins that we're ingesting in this overprocessed food, this junk, these chemicals. So this, right. It's the same with dogs. I would say, if not all, 95% of the kibble that they're making today is in comparison, like if you ate nothing but potato chips, you would live. But you would have a lot of problems. You would not oh, live yeah. a high quality life and you probably True. wouldn't live very long. Right? Yep. yep. It's the same. Why do we think that it's different with dogs? And why do okay. we trust these these companies that are mass producing this kibble that's filled with filler just so they can have something to put on the shelves that nobody's testing? There's nobody over them shutting them down. Dogs are getting salmonella. It's all over processed frozen food. But the ingredients that they claim are in the kibble, uh, by the time it gets to you, it has no nutritional value. So. Yep. We are huge advocates of a raw diet. I don't think most, there was a lot of debate around it a few years back, but I think almost everybody's mm -hmm. came around and understands that that is the best for your dog. Rawls, yeah. uh, uh, vegetables, pretty much when it comes to diet, the stuff that's good for dogs, minus a few things that they aren't allowed to have, it's the same stuff that's good for us. Now, of course, we're not supposed to eat it raw. Allie does, but that's oh. gross. <laughs> You're the one who eats cold hot dogs. <laughs> But all that wrapped up, I will say this, because we have a lot of dogs. 
I understand that a raw diet is super expensive. Um, and I could give you suggestions because we went through a lot of routes to find the cheapest way to do it. But I'm not going to lie to you. We can't give all of our dogs a total raw diet just yet. Maybe right. someday we will. But we do incorporate it into if you can't take your dog or dogs to a totally raw diet, I suggest that you add some of the stuff in a healthy raw diet to the kibble. Plus, we're real big. I don't want to use this podcast to sell our supplements, but we've teamed up with New Vet Labs, which all it is is three veterinarians that got together and they realized that this was a problem. So they come up with some supplements, a one a day supplement that you can add to kibble or raw that makes sure that your dog is getting all the nutrients that it needs. And here's the kicker. You, I mean, anybody could testify. I've got videos about it on YouTube. I was spending a lot of money on all these different supplements, vitamin C, glucosamine, pretty much everything that I could find to add to the kibble. I was getting it all separately. And this one a day NuVet supplement has everything I was giving my dogs because I did my research all in one pill. And it's made with human grade ingredients and has to pass the same kind of test that our food would. So you know that what they say is in it is actually in it. and I'll tell you, I, I've seen it myself. It really does wonders. Um, I, my wife has a German Shepherd that has hip dysplasia. We've watched her uh, on their supplements get to where she she come back to life. All of a sudden, she's energetic. There's proof and documentation of it correcting east-west feast and high rears and a lot of these problems that, that you wouldn't think could be fixed with a supplement. Allergies, right. loss of skin, and that that's just the stuff that we could see on the outside. I can't imagine what it might be fixing on the inside. Right. That's amazing. You know, I'm curious because you do have to use a kibble with the raw food. What kibble do you use? Well, to be honest with you, I mean, I could blow smoke at you, but we've went through about every freaking every every okay. kibble um, that is, is supposed to be good kibble. We've went through. And right. the truth about kibble is that um, if you have like I we're experienced at this, a lot of the times your dog will get fed up. And not and start not wanting to eat a kibble after it's been on it for six months or so, and you have to make a switch. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to promote a kibble, but okay. I will tell you this, and I find this to be a fact with almost everything in life: the higher priced is better. It's yeah. higher priced for a reason. Most of the time, exactly. my wife wants to interject. Well, it, the only thing that really kind of stuck out that that Brian said is is the higher priced food is normally better. And, and I do believe there are some brands out there that are higher priced that are better, but I also believe that there are brands out there that vets want to prescribe or yes. vets sell and they're extremely expensive and that dog food is trash. And so yeah, I'm glad you said that, that that's the only thing, like, I don't want people to think that just because, oh, I'm buying, you know, I'm not going to name them just because I know. I, you know, spending $90 type. on a bag of dog food that's 30 pounds. Um, right. this is really, this is really good when, you know, I believe that, you know, a lot of vets will kind of prescribe this and, and it's really not good dog food. Um, yeah. so you really want to look at, you know, what is your protein and what is your fat and, and your carbohydrates and, um, and kind of study what, what you're, what you're feeding. Um, if you have to do kibble, you know? Right. Well, you know, I had blue because he has all the ear uh, issues, the infections and the skin issues and everything. I got him on a prescription diet type of food that was really expensive and it didn't really do anything. It wasn't until I got him on turkey, squash, and peas that he's doing much better. Now I cook the turkey, but I do want to move him over to raw. I just want to do it slowly to make mm -hmm. sure he can handle it. Let's move on to socialization. Allie, talk to us a little bit about how you get your dogs used to other dogs, used to other people, used to the world. What do you like to do? 
Uh, <laughs> well, whenever <laughs> our dogs are first well trained on the leash, on either the e collar, the prong collar, anything, we'll either have somebody else walk their dog. Say I'm walking one of the dogs and dad walks his dog, <laughs> for instance. And that's the first thing we can do for socializing. Okay. And then sometimes maybe we'll go out front with because there's cars driving by, there's noise mm-hmm. and stuff. And then whenever they get like that, maybe we'll take them on walks on the side of the road or something. And oh, then nice. whenever we go, we'll slowly make our way up, but we can go to like pet stores and Roll King and Tractor Supply and everything. Now, that sounds really good. Now, Brian, when they're like little, little puppies, is there anything you do? There's some different things I've learned here doing the show, um, different ways of like petting them or stroking them or moving them up and down, things like that. This is another one. Uh, I think I could almost give you a proper answer, but I'm going to tell you, my wife is, I I mean, and seriously, I I study dogs and other kennels and other breeders. I would put my wife in the top 10%, not just with bullies, anybody that's breeding dogs, the amount of effort, research, and reaching out and she she puts so much into whelping pups it's it's great i give her props just giving her props earlier today i'm not just saying it for the show like she is the she is the whelping expert i walk in the kitchen i walk in the kitchen she's got sirens going and getting people screaming and stuff playing over the freaking boom box i'm like what's going on Well, Samantha, expand on this a little bit. I guess that's a tidbit of what I do. Um, so, you know, in the in the early stages, um, you know, with puppies personally, um, from three to day 16, I believe, um, we start ENS training. Um, and so what that, you know, we're touching their paws, we're putting them upside down, um, you know, for very split seconds. And so we're adding just a little bit of stress to these puppies. You know, they go mm-hmm. vertical, they go on their um on their back you know head down you know for three to five seconds touching their toes these kind of things and so we're adding little bits of stress um during this neonatal stage so that they can it it helps get them more more adapted to stress so that they can be more confident when they're older um but then it comes you know i'm you know four to five weeks old they start getting this little you know fear reaction kind of thing and i don't know necessarily fear um but they start realizing more about the world around them and so from those stages you know we're doing a lot of picking up socializing handling um you know i am constantly talking to my uh, alexa you know having her play you know sirens or police sounds um and and i think i more so got that idea i also do working dogs and so you know mm-hmm. my shepherds i and my mal um you know you want to be able to them to experience life and and not be fearful of these things if they are you know turned into a police dog or or something like this and so we socialize them with gun sounds and you know all this type of stuff at a very early age and so we do this with the bullies as well um you know we had we had one dog that we had got and um you know she just wasn't socialized you know covid covid hit right Right. (laughs) she wasn't socialized (laughs) the best and now, you know, kind of sometimes, you know, going outside, if a car passes by, she freaks out. Um, so it's very important. I can't stress how much socializing, uh, socializing puppies is. Uh, it's critical. I could go on for I could go on for so long, but I'll, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, either Brian or Samantha, you want to walk us through from start to finish uh, getting a puppy, a wonderful puppy from you. Talk, talk, walk us through the process. Well, it's. It's it's pretty simple to start the process. You know, we're pretty big on social media. I also want to say, like, 
I want to point out these puppies are from two different litters. This is mm. Buster, uh, four weeks. This is Toro, and uh, they're seven weeks. So, I, I mean, I don't know those people that are watching that's been around a lot of puppies, how many puppies you know that could sit through a 30 minute podcast. So, right now we're socializing. I know it's amazing. <laughs> so, yes, you are. But the, to, a get a puppy, <laughs> to get a puppy from us, um, I always tell people when they, because a lot of people will say, what's the price or how much? I say, have you looked at our website? Right. And if they say no, I will send them the link to the website. If you go to the menu, puppies, there's a picture of mom and dad with the puppies directly below it and all the pricing info you need. We do not do one set price for each puppy. It's based on picks of the litter. Um, so the price range varies. Uh, but I will tell you that our pricing is very affordable and very competitive. Um, definitely, definitely cheaper than what I paid for the parents. <laughs> <laughs> We're not trying to be outrageous, you know, but we also are pricing them because these are quality XL American bullies from the best pedigrees that I could find all over this darn great country. I've drove from Texas to California. I didn't drive to California, but this, our dogs have come from all over. Um, so I believe we've got we've got the pedigrees that I want to I put the I put them together for a very specific reason because right. we keep we keep our pick of each litter. The main purpose why we're doing these breedings is to better our breed and create what we believe would be the perfect XL American bully. So you're definitely not getting nothing with us that I don't believe in. And trust me, I've done more research than you probably. No, oh, yeah. I mean, you guys are incredible. Now, are there any health guarantees or things like we, that? We do do a, a professional contract. Uh, one thing that's included in there is that we want the pups to remain on our supplements for that first year. We do have a one-year uh, guarantee. If something comes up with that, it's genetically wrong. We will replace the puppy. But even more so, I told you that as a breeder, and I mean it, when people get a pup from us, they become family. That means I'm there all day. They've got my personal cell phone. I will give them pointers on nutrition. I will baby step them through training the puppy. Um, truly uh, walk with them through life. And on our contract, it says that we want updates, pictures, and videos at least every four months or so because I want to see how these dogs are growing and developing, and I want to know they're being took care of. So, yeah, so yeah um, people check out the website. Uh, there's a contact me button that goes right to my cell phone. I answer phone calls all day long. It's not hard. Uh, we take $1,000 deposits to lock in your pick. If we, we make the picks at seven weeks, so if you call me before the pups are seven weeks and say you want the second pick female, you will right. fill out the contract, put a $1,000 deposit, and then the rest has to be picked up before they leave here at eight weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I'd love to be part of your family. <laughs> of course, of course, and I say this a lot, I want a one or two-year-old XL bully who's already been fully trained. And, you know, so that's a, that's a whole nother story. I still never had a puppy and I don't know why I'm still ambivalent, but maybe someday. I don't know. Your puppies are so beautiful. They're just absolutely gorgeous. So tell us, what do you think about Bully Girl Magazine? Allie, if you'd love to, I'd love for you to answer that. Uh, well, <laughs> um, I think it's pretty cool. I really like the shirt, actually. I think it's really comfy, and I did not want to take it off, but it was dirty, and I was like, I got to clean it. Um, <laughs> yeah, get a backup. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, the sweatshirt material is really nice, I've noticed, too. Uh, I love the hats. Right whenever Dad laid them out, I was like, the white one's mine. <laughs> right when I, I love right whenever he laid them out, he didn't even pick one out. He just took them out. I said, white one's mine. Took it. <laughs> I like the pink one too, but I do like the white. You can wear more yep. things. And how I about own you? The white, oh, go ahead. pink, and lime. 
So oh, nice. Boy, you're yeah. doing better than me. <laughs> Got to catch up. And Brian, how about you? What do you like about Bully Girl Magazine? I love it. I love it. And I could tell you that she's being, because we've been sitting here so long, she's playing it cool. Like, you know, you you asked her if she thought she could memorize that Christmas song. She went up and worked on that all day and night. Like when we got the magazine, she opened that up and was jumping around. She was more excited than she was at Christmas. She's absolute. <laughs> she's the enthusiasm that you see in the video. She ain't faking. Um, no. And as you can see, I'm a very lucky and blessed man because I'm married to two real life bully girls. Yes, so, you are. They so, are bully girls. I love it. We couldn't be more excited to be partnered up and teamed up. Um, very excited about the things to come in January 2024. Uh, it's just it's it's cool. I like it. And, and, and my mind, I'm a creator and I'm obsessive compulsive. So ever since we started talking, I just I've been thinking about all these ideas and stuff that we could do. Um, I think you guys are great. I think. I mean, I'm actually surprised. I don't know why more people haven't attempted or maybe they have and they just didn't do it as well. But I think that Bully Girl magazine is freaking awesome. It's awesome to have something that comes that 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 puts a spotlight on the people that are actually doing the breeding deal the right way. It's nice to have right. a, it's nice to have a quality magazine that spotlights some amazing dogs because then maybe, it, you know, I'm I'm old school, but I love I love the fact that it's a magazine. I love the fact I that I could, I could put down my phone and look at a real magazine and put it on my wall. So I'm excited and I, and I hope I hope to be a, a big part of it moving forward. Yeah, I think you guys are awesome. Absolutely. And I'd love to know, how do we find you all the ways? And your YouTube is sensational. So, Samantha, do you want to tell us about that or Brian? Oh, gosh. OK. <laughs> um, well, I'll let Brian do that one. <laughs> OK. okay. It's real easy. Um, I'm not going to give you. We are on every platform, but it's Bully or Kingdom Bully Kennels on YouTube, Kingdom Bully Kennels on Facebook. Um, there are some people that are pretending to be us, but if you pay attention, it's not too hard to figure it out. It's not right. too hard to figure that out. If it's my page, it has my number right on top. It has our website. You could literally call my cell phone and be like, is Allie there? And she'd be like, hey, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not hard. If it's a fake page, it's just posting our videos. So oh, kick, okay. TikTok is kingdom underscore bullies underscore kennels. I think Instagram is kingdom bullies, but really you only need one. If, if you just check us out on YouTube, this is YouTube. So check out kingdom bully kennels on YouTube. Well, I love your videos. Allie, you are the best bully girl. You're so much fun. Thank you for doing such an amazing job on the Christmas video. I mean, we had so much fun and you memorized that song so quickly. I was like, oh my gosh. It's so good. So this was super fun. Everybody, please check them out and be sure to follow on Instagram at Bully Girl Mag. Follow me at Lisa Davis MPH. Go to BGM Warehouse so you can get your hats and shirts and check them out. Of course, subscribe to the magazine. Oh my goodness, that dog. And uh, let's see. Oh, also go to uh, the App Store or Google Play Store and get the Bully Girl app. Everybody, thanks so much. Keep coming back. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you.